The Right Fit Podcast is brought to you by Rising Coaches Search and Consulting. If you are hiring and you need help identifying, vetting, and recruiting five to 10 finalists that fit the profile of your institution, then reach out to Rising Coaches. We have experience helping organizations hire ADs, head coaches, and assistant coaches in every sport, and even corporate positions. Our prices are designed to fit small college budgets. For more information, visit risingcoaches.com. Good afternoon. Welcome to season two of The Right Fit. I'm your host, Daryl Jacobs, ESPN College Basketball Analyst and Executive Director of Rising Coaches Diversity, Equity, Inclusion Alliance. Join me every Friday where I'll be having people from the both the collegiate athletic space as well as professional sports talking about the hiring practice, talking about being the right fit. Um, today, I'm very privileged to have the Director of Athletics over at Fordham University, part of the Atlantic 10 Conference, Please help me welcome Mr. Edward Cole to the studio. How you doing, buddy? Good, Daryl. Great to be with you. Well, thank you for coming and taking the time. I know you can be doing something else with your Friday besides being here. No, with this me. is a lot of fun. I appreciate being involved. Thank you for having well, me. Well, I, hopefully this is a good diversion for you a little bit um, as well. I get to sit home today a little bit for one of the few times, um, and I'm enjoying being with you today. But before we get started with the Q&E, Ed, I would like for you to tell our viewers, particularly those who are looking to get in the collegiate athletics space, talk a little bit about your journey and why collegiate athletics. So um, absolutely. I appreciate that. I would love to. My journey is a little bit non-traditional in terms of uh, the, the traditional path for an athletic director. But I'll tell you, Daryl, it began probably in a very traditional way. Student athlete, uh, baseball player, uh, Stony Brook University out in uh, out east in Long Island, SUNY SUNY school. Um, they actually have a pretty solid baseball program out there. I went to the College World Series in 2012. Um, and while I was doing that, I became kind of involved with our student athlete advisory council, our SAC program. Came became got involved in that. Uh, became president of that for I think for a year. Um, our president had an athletics representative, a student athlete representative on her on her cabinet. So I sat in on that for for a year. And as I kind of got involved in the administrative side, I was like, wow, this is kind of fun. You can make a career or make a living out of being around young people and be around college sports and have impact um, working with with 18 to 23 year olds. And I just found that to be you know, a, a tremendous opportunity and something I was really interested in. Played baseball a little bit after after graduating there. Uh, not long enough, unfortunately, you find out that obviously your 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 aspirations, your dreams of being an athlete and professional athlete come to an end. And um, went to being being you know family from Brooklyn Queens. Uh, went to actually get my MBA at St. John's University. Got a, a grad assistantship at St. John's. Something I recommend for a lot of individuals who are interested in, in trying to find their way in collegiate athletics is a GA position that allows you to get experience as well as continue to further your education. Um, quickly became assistant uh, athletic director there, then associate athletic director there, um, doing everything from an external perspective of ticket sales, sponsorship sales, game operations, game experience, um, fundraising, et cetera. Uh, while there, uh, really got a chance to meet um, a very, very interesting alum named Mike Rapoli, um, who had started the Vitamin Water Company. Mike was a St. John's grad. I believe he was 90 or 91. 
and um, started a beverage company and um, just just a fun opportunity. So him and I kind of hit off in terms of relationship while either trying to sell him tickets or sell him a sponsorship or get him to write a check to the university. Uh, he was kind enough to offer me a job and opportunity um, kind of heading up sports marketing, sports entertainment, sports business development for vitamin water. And, you know, keeping in, keeping in mind, Daryl, which my dad always, my dad, I could always remember my dad's thought process on this. You know, it was a point of time when people weren't even buying bottled water. So the idea of getting involved in, in a company like that was kind of interesting where, you know, even joking around water's free. My, my dad would say from the, from the faucet, you know, who's, who's going to pay for bottled water. And obviously our lives have changed 20 something years later, but, um, I took that opportunity, just had a tremendous uh, connection to him, com- com- tremendous conviction uh, and opportunity that he provided me there. So great education, almost another MBA, working at Vitamin Water, the company sold to Coca-Cola in 2007. I stayed on at Coke another three and a half years, um, focusing on uh, different properties like the World Cup, uh, London Olympics. Um, LeBron James was a partner at Powerade at that point in time, which I focused on. So got another opportunity working at Coca-Cola through uh, 2010, 2011, and, but still had that little, that little desire in me to want to chase that dream of being an athletic director. Um, stayed close with my relationship to St. John's University, went back to St. John's to head up athletic development, eventually became vice president of advancement and vice president of athletics there. Um, so had a, had a good run there. Um, there was a, some, some presidential changes there in terms of direction and, um, took a little bit of a pause, did a year and a half, almost two years at, uh, with the NFL and some of their, uh, philanthropic initiatives, uh, fuel up to play 60, uh, NFL flag football, uh, they are in 70,000 schools cross country. So a little bit of a combination of my experience working in, in higher education, as well as kind of a, a the common bond for me throughout my career has been revenue generation. I think I realized early the ability to bring in dollars will open up a lot of doors and a lot of opportunities for you. I think everybody's always trying to find uh, revenue streams. So your ability to, to bring in dollars will always uh, continue to keep you in demand. And while there, you know, enjoyed that experience, but was still craving campus life, still craving the opportunity to, to, to be an AD. Um, Though I've been fortunate, I've always been able to stay close without within the New York City area. Even working within Coke, traveled to Atlanta frequently, but was able to work out of uh, Queens and New York City, Manhattan. And Fordham University, an opportunity there presented itself to me. A, a headhunter had reached out to me to oversee their their development and fundraising efforts, um, which I did. So I've been at Fordham. It was four years in July, and. Um, just continue to see opportunity there. Fordham is a special place, top 50 academic institution, tremendous campus, tremendous alumni network, kind of saw what the assets and the potential were even to continue to grow it on the athletic side. Um, the AD at the time, uh, Dave Roach, uh, who actually decided to retire, retired I think in April of uh, 2020, right in, the, right in the beginning of the pandemic where we didn't know where that, that would head. Um, they named me interim athletic director then um, and then in February of this year, February 21, I became the full-time athletic director. Um, so, you know, you kind of never know where the path's going to take you. You kind of never know the direction it's going to go in. Um, but always kind of fi- followed my heart, followed my interest, followed my passion. And um, this is something I guess I've been chasing for a while and something I'm, I'm excited to be a part of. And I'm, I'm thrilled to be director of athletics, extremely proud and humbled to get this opportunity. And as a city kid, 
Um, you know, I, I know it all too well in terms of our alumni path and being a first generation college graduate. I get that as well. And um, even a Catholic school piece, I, I kind of was raised in a Catholic school, private school manner. So the, the, the mission, the Jesuit mission, the values really fit my core characteristics as well. So I feel very lucky to be in a spot. Well, one of the things, you know, me being a former college basketball head coach as well as and serving on the athletic administrative side. So I could appreciate what you did. I was in business development um, in the business sector. And also I was business, excuse me, athletic development in the collegiate space. So one of the things you mentioned that's very prevalent for those who are looking to be an athletic director is you got to learn how to raise funds. That's one of the things that college presidents look for um, as well in regards to that. It's not easy. Um, you know, one of the things I'm sure, you know, you work in provider and water, you have those transferable skills, um, you know, as well. So that's so important. Talk a little bit about the hiring process from when you came in compared to now. What's the difference in terms of what you did and what are you seeing now that you would recommend both from an administrative side and a coaching aspect for those who are looking to become head coaches or um, in the collegiate space? Yeah, Darrell, I think you, you've hit the nail on the head. I think from my perspective, from uh, an administrative side, um, you know, the, the traditional path used to always be a coach would transition into administration, right, Darrell? The understanding of compliance rules, the understanding of recruiting, the understanding of conference policy and protocols and setting up games. And I think, you know, for me, the business side of experience, whether it was entrepreneur or it was, you know, Coca-Cola and, you know, that kind of high level top, top, top five brands of the world experience I really give me a, a real leg up in this industry because whether you're managing budgets, whether you're putting together strategic plans, whether you're trying to create true partnerships and identify um, opportunities out there, or you're just fundraising and trying to find revenue, you know, those skills are, are extremely important in the athletic director role. And I, I think you're seeing the big business dollars of obviously what coaches are being paid today. And we've had a few the last couple of weeks with college football changing over some, 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 some price tags there and even ADs and TV deals, which you know, well, being on the, on the media side of this, that business experience is, is truly important. So I always tell young people or my students, uh, you know, or anybody interested in getting involved that, you know, the, the sports business piece is transferable and it's an important part of this. Because um, even post-pandemic, hopefully we, we could say truly say post-pandemic soon, you know, the idea of asking an university president or board of trustees for more dollars for athletics becomes that much more challenging in our financial world today. How do you find alternate revenue streams to help advance your athletics department and your facilities and grow a program appropriately? So that's been helpful. So my advice is really the ability to get get a diverse, um, you know, business experience and, and portfolio that, that truly will help you, you know, in terms of, of this role of being a director of athletics. And then in terms of head coaching, you hit the nail on the head, Daryl, because you talked about your development experience, which is tremendous. But even when you were a coach, you were you're fundraising, right? Even when you're a coach, you're selling your brand, you're selling your program. Will that be recruiting in, in living rooms? Or will that be to the local, you know, high schools or AAU programs or to the local media, right? Trying to get fans to come to your games or get donors to attend fundraising events or, or cut checks to help your program. You're always in the means of selling your program. And I always talk about, you know, being that brand and building a brand. And I know in the NIL world, it sounds cliche right now, but it's true in terms of the ability to always be uh, positioning and selling your identity and who you are and your culture and environment that you're trying to create. 
let's let's talk about how important that, that when when it comes to you hiring a coach. You just hired a tremendous young head coach in Kyle Neptune, who of course comes over for Villanova. You know, two-time national champion. Talk about that process in regards to what um, pretty much sealed the deal for Kyle, and how did you guys? Uh, become familiar with them. And it's important, but of course, this is rising coaches. And I wanted to get to that um, so the coaches could understand exactly someone who just became um, a permanent athletic director and your first hire was a head coach in bad men's basketball. Sure. So, so Daryl, it's um, it was a very thorough and very delicate process. And, you know, something that probably from start to end in terms of um, changing leadership of our coaching program, we, we, we had let our head coach go at the end of January of 21. Um, and then, you know, kind of unofficially started that process of putting together the structure and looking at coaches and lists and, and a committee. And we brought on a search firm, et cetera. Um, and of course was able to, to locate and identify and, and, and lucky and blessed to found Kyle Neptune. And he was a clear choice for us come probably the end of March, but a lot took place throughout that process to getting to that end of March selection and, and inevitably identifying Kyle and, and, and getting started with him in terms of a partnership and a true uh, a true partnership that he and I have and obviously he I and the university have in terms of not only rebuilding, I, I'm clear to say this is a brand new construction, not a rebuild, but a whole new construction in terms of what we're trying to build and our identity of this program. But the first thing I had to do, Daryl, you know, keeping in mind you've covered it well already as a new athletic director um, was truly identify who we are. And, and that sounds, you know, maybe simple, but it's not, especially when you're a program that's had a lot of struggling years. Uh, Fordham bas men's basketball has not been at a tournament since 1992. Um, the heart of New York City, Daryl, you know, the importance of basketball and it, it being the mecca of basketball, a lot of the pro town. What have you done lately in New York City in terms of success? What have you done lately in terms of recruiting? What have you done lately in terms of your facility upgrades? And what have you done lately in terms of, of your marketing and branding and your identity and et cetera, your sneaker companies that your partners with, you name it, right? You, you, you know this world even better than I do from a coaching perspective and all that goes into identifying a coach. And so I really had to take some aggressive steps backwards of, all right, so who are we? What are our strengths and weaknesses? Um, what have we done? What's, what's gone wrong? Why, why has it not worked out here? Right. But you, you know, this being a great coach yourself, there's a lot of great coaches out there. A lot of, a lot of great teachers. Well, I don't, I don't know about me being great, yeah. <laughs> but, but I won a few championships, but I don't know about being great. But, but you, but you, but you know that, you know, it's not just, unfortunately, it's not just as easy as saying, Hey, who's the best teacher? Who's the best, you know, pound for pound coach out there. It has to be, to the name of your show, which is properly named, it has to be the right fit for our institution. So taking a step back of like, who are we? We're a Jesuit private institution in the heart of New York City, right? In, in, in between uh, a beautiful campus between Fordham Road and Southern Boulevard. Um, we, have a, we have a Manhattan Lincoln Center campus. We have a, a history of obviously basketball being played and, and the history of basketball in New York City. But identifying you know, our core values, identifying, you know, obviously we're, we're a Jesuit institution, um, a high academic, top 50 academic institution in the country, you know, making sure that we found an individual that understood us, appreciated us, and of course, was going to have to take some time to get used to us. But understanding 
what we represent and what we're trying to do. So as much as, as it was a challenge uh, of, of identifying coaches, we interviewed a lot of coaches, which I, I, I stand by. I think it was really important for me to learn from them, right? It's not just a matter of selling for them or explaining what our vision was. I, I was able to steal knowledge and information from every coach I, I met with. And, you know, everybody calls you out of the woodwork. Everybody's got a recommendation. Everybody's got a great coach. Everybody's got someone locally or had success. And, and everybody's got an idea for you. But also being honest with yourselves that there's no shortcuts. So, as I said earlier, and I truly stand by it, even, even eight months later, it's a whole new construction for us, right? You know, unfortunately, we haven't had success. Unfortunately, it hasn't been necessarily a foundation to build off of. So I didn't want to cut corners on that. I needed someone that, that would obviously roll up their sleeves with me, construct the identity, the culture and environment together. Um, we can't fake that. We can't pretend that there was one. We couldn't fake it or pretend that, oh, even though Kyle comes from you know 10 years at Villanova and tremendous pedigree, and we all know that Jay Wright has had tremendous success, that wasn't going to just transition over to Fordham. You know, that playbook wasn't going to come over. So it, it's, I love that he has that pedigree. I love that he has his experience at the highest level of winning. Um, but I also love that he coached with Joe Mahalik up in Niagara, Daryl, and had to find kids to go all the way up north when no one even knew what that school was, right? And the challenge of getting kids. I love his time out at Hofstra with Joe Mahalik and, and kind of putting together and building a program there. I love, of course, that he's from Brooklyn. I love that he understood the city, understood, you know, what Fordham was about and, and had an understanding of, of our place in the city. So, and then the biggest thing, as you, you know, it, it was truly important to me, as you can tell, because I could, I could talk for days. It was, it was truly important that we had a strong communicator, a strong visionary a strong person that could build relationships with, with these young men and their parents and recruiting and the high schools and the AAU coaches, because at the end of the day, it's about relationships. It's about true partnership. We all want to be Belichick, right, Daryl? We all want to be Bill Belichick. But I always joke with our, with our coaches, uh, you know, all, all of our varsity programs, you could be Belichick if you win Mike Belichick. But until then, how do we actually establish a culture and environment that's ours? Um, and Kyle came in right from day one, understanding that. And, and, and I'll even joke with Kyle part of the process. And I'm always amazed when schools are able to, to hire a coach in 24 hours, like there was no way they could even do a tour of campus. How, how did they do that? I'm always baffled. I'm always blown away by that. And I know certain levels of programs have different, different benefits and opportunities, but I wanted Kyle to see every aspect of our locker rooms, the lower bowel of our gymnasium. I wanted him to see the weight room. I wanted him to see his office. I wanted to make sure there was no confusion here of who we are, uh, what we're about. And then, but also understand I'm honest about where we want to go and how we're going to take it over the next X amount of years. And we're going to do this together, but no, no cover-ups, no, no hiding any, any of our, our blemishes or our, or our shortfalls, truly being transparent about where things are. And he still he embraced that from day one. He got it from day one. And I've already seen a good change in growth in eight months already because we're doing it together in, in, in an honest and transparent way. And as it's important you talk about the right fit. A lot of times, particularly when I talk to athletic directors, when they interview coaches who come from, you know, high resource programs, if it's a low resource program looking for a coach or certain amenities that they don't have um, at the particular school they're interviewing with that they had at the old school. And sometimes they don't get it because they think they can come in and change the culture themselves right away. And one of the things you mentioned, which was transparency, you brought Kyle in and say, hey, this is what we are. You know, this is what it is. 
you know, you know, either you can come in and help be part of the vision to help get us there um, and be a change agent, or this may not be the place for you. But I, I, I think you tremendously got it right. Um, I think you're winning. Um, the winningless years are not getting to certain tournaments, whether it's any postseason tournament is going to come to an end very shortly because you have a tremendous young coach there who I've known, you know, for a while. During the interview process, let's let's talk about some of the do's and don'ts because you quite naturally Fordham was a very attractive job. You know, I always thought it was a sleeping giant um, in the Atlantic 10. I always felt that way, um, you know, as well. But talk about the do's and don'ts that you experienced um, during the process. You mentioned that you learned, and that's important. A lot of athletic directors don't mention that, Ed, that they learn from the coaches that they interview um, as well. And that's why you say it's so important to interview many. And I think that is very key when I tell athletic directors, interview as many coaches as you can so you can learn the process as you go through, even though you may have a search firm. But now once the search firm refer you, refer the candidates to you, then you can get a pretty good idea of what you're looking for. Talk about the do's and don'ts um, that you experience um, during the process, particularly when you were hiring Kyle. So so, so a positive of, of the circumstances with the pandemic, Daryl, was you know, the initial rounds were done via Zoom were done virtually. And I kind of laugh at that because keeping in mind, let's say maybe a year, year and a half ago, you and I would say, well, you can't interview somebody like this. You can't interview somebody virtually. And um, I think for me selfishly and, and for the university selfishly, it was a tremendous benefit because I was we probably able to do almost 20 something interviews, Daryl, and, you know, able to do it quietly and privately where, yes, you're still flying in your finalist at some point into LaGuardia Airport and you're holding up at, at, the, at the LaGuardia Marriott and people may get wind of that. But that first round virtually late at night, early morning around coaches practices you were able to do it quietly and, and, and privately. And that really, that really helped the process. Uh, that really helped, you know, the conversations that really helped again from my benefit and, and our committee's benefit, hearing thoughts and feedback and stealing information from coaches and stealing values from coaches. And I'm not, I'm not shy to say that because as I told you, not only identifying the right fit for us, the right coach, we had to be honest about who Fordham is and, and who Fordham is not. And that those steps back were painful for a lot of folks who maybe had different perspectives or have different ambitions, but it was essential to part of the process to be real and be genuine on what we've been doing wrong and it hasn't been working. So like, what do we need to change? And um, that was just more of the process of interviewing coaches and getting their thoughts and feedback, their perspective of who Fordham is. And I think we all agree, like you do, it's a, it's a sleeping giant from a men's basketball perspective. We, how, how do we how do we get this ship going in the right direction, which I'm, I'm confident we are now. But um, those you know, I, I, what I think coaches all are great at and everybody's got a different approach. Right. And all of them all have a pretty good amount of confidence. Right, Daryl, if you're recruiting you're recruiting in this challenging world of recruiting these days, especially now at the portal, you're recruiting all the time. Our, you know, the coaches all got a good, good little salesmanship to them in terms of how they go about things, how they go about sharing. Some had presentations, you know, some had core buzzwords. Some had obviously, you know, coaching trees that have been pretty successful. Um, but my advice is this, you know, I, I think even ADs, whether how much we know or don't know, or search committees, how much they know or don't know. You know, we're well aware in terms of 
kind of the strengths, right? You're having success on the floor. The numbers don't lie. You're having success recruiting, right? That those numbers kind of don't lie either. And we want to talk about that, your approach. But I think it's also being kind of honest about maybe the experience you don't have. So yes, I mean, I'm not, I haven't been a a head coach. I don't have head coaching experience. Here's how I'm going to, here's how I attack that. Here's how I'm going to, here's how I'm going to go about doing that. Here's what I've learned. Here's my approach moving forward with that. Um, you know, maybe there's been a little bit of some turnover been at multiple schools issues, you know, kind of being honest about not only what's gone right, because it's easy for you and me, Daryl, to find what's going right. Right. The buzz is out there. We're reading the articles. You're interviewing people that are doing it the right way. When things are not going so good, maybe so many people aren't, aren't talking to them. So kind of be just just kind of being transparent about what the learnings were from that. We've all we've all made we've all been in tough, challenging situations. I surely have. And how do we grow from them? How do we learn from them? I think speaking to that in an interview process is so important um, and not not waiting for the committee to bring up maybe a challenging part of your resume, a challenging part of your career. Go right at it because it's, it's a positive. I'm sitting here telling you how it's been a struggle with basketball. I, I, you got to own it. You got you got to own that and be real about it because. It, it, and and here's how we're going to get better from it. Here's how we're learning from it. Here's the changes we're making from it. Um, in a weird way, I feel blessed to be an AD, having to hire a basketball coach, having to build from the ground level up, going through the pandemic, financial distress. I'm a, I know I'm in the seat because I'm a fundraiser. I have, I have to do more, have to change, have to be better. Just, you know, the more we can get that out on the table, the more I'm going to identify the person who's going to help me get through it, Daryl. Right. Hey, let's let's go to a commercial break. Got to pay some bills here a little bit. Then I want to come back and talk a little bit about besides being a basketball coach, X and O's on the floor. You talk about recruiting numbers will be there. You can see the success there. You can see the wins and losses. Let's talk about some of the things that a lot of coaches may not be aware of that athletic directors look for in terms of a coach. You mentioned me being a fundraiser. You mentioned some other things, but let's talk a little bit about that when we come back here. You're watching the right fit here with host Daryl Jacobs. The Right Fit Podcast is brought to you by Rising Coaches Search and Consulting. Tired of spending what seems like all of your time and budget filling coaching vacancies? Let Rising Coaches Search and Consulting handle your next coaching search. Our process is simple. We identify, vet, and recruit a talented and diverse group of professionals that fits your institution's profile all for a low price that we guarantee will beat our competitions. Plus, all of your searches will be handled by former coaches, meaning we will get the best possible insight on all of your candidates, and you'll get the perspective that only a former coach could provide. For testimonials, a full client list, or more information, please visit risingcoaches.com. Welcome back to The Right Fit. I'm your host, Daryl Jacobs, and thank you for watching and listening to us um, this afternoon. I'm very happy to have our guest today, Director of Athletics, Fordham University, Edward Cole, um, just became, the interim tag was just taken off recently and became the permanent athletic director. And we're discussing the hiring process, you know, what it takes for coaches. Uh, we're going to get on to the administrators a little bit as well, because I don't want to leave them out as well. But I want to talk to you about just to piggyback off your last um, answer you gave in regards to um, hiring of a head coach of coaches as well. Talk a little bit about some of the things that 
athletics directors look for besides wins and losses, besides recruiting. Um, talk a little bit about the administrative part. Talk a little bit about the fundraising part. Talk about being a spokesperson. Talking about, you know, in regards to if the um, athletic department doesn't have a football team, how the basketball coach might be the face of the particular program and how important that is. Absolutely. And Daryl, you, you bring up a really, really true and good point here. Um, there is a need for, you know, a high profile or, or, or premium sport, premier sport, like, you know, men's, women's basketball, football, that coach, you know, it's, it's honest and truthful has to take on additional roles and responsibilities. So administratively, we can get into that a little bit. You talk about fundraising, which you and I have touched on too, but there's truth that, whether that be having an interview with yourself, having an interview with, with Dick Vitale, sitting at a board meeting and presenting to board members their vision of how you're going to build and change your basketball program, how you are going to assist in fundraising for a capital campaign, how that coach, you know, yes, needs to maybe do some speaking engagements at alumni events, at fundraising events, at homecoming, at Jubilee weekends, at, you know, um, not only the matter of shaking hands and kissing babies, Daryl, but, you know, in perspective of, hey, it's truly important for me. And I think for any program that coach is walking through cafeterias on campus and shaking hands with students and, and creating that synergy and that authenticity of, hey, we need you to come to games, students. We want you to be a part of this, but not just saying it, but truly connecting with them in terms of building relationships. You know this as well as I do. Perception becomes reality. Right. The, the ability to genuinely create and have that presence um, head coaches, whether it's internally in their locker room with their student athletes or it's externally, you know, in terms of walking campus or sitting in in with their president of the university or their board members or faculty or deans. Perception becomes reality. Like, so that, that ability to have that presence, um, have that leadership quality. Um, the ability to speak in a room and kind of take it over, even if it's for a short period of time. That that that's real. That's needed. And, and, you, and you could say that's that's political, Ed, or that's that's kind of, um, you know, from a, a marketing or a PR standpoint, I, 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 we could have that conversation. But that presence is essential. That's essential in the living room when recruiting a young student athlete. It's essential in the locker room when when it's private between you and your players or when it's on TV and you're having that interview moment. I, I think athletic directors, I think universities from those those the, the pressures of those premier programs of premier sports, you're looking for those characteristics from a coach. You are. Well, one of the things you mentioned that's very vital and we talk about you talk about internally, externally. A lot of times coaches don't realize, even when I speak to them, I say it's important that you're going to have to learn how to deal with the external constituents as well as the internal constituents as well. And you can't just be an excellent old coach or, you know, a great recruiter. You know, when you go into these interviews, you're really going to have to speak to some of those things in regards to some of the things you might have done both internally and externally um, as well. And that is so important as well. Let's talk about trends. You know, we everything is seen to be in trend, whether it's on social media or in the collegiate athletic space or even the professional sports space. Talk about some of the trends that you see are coming that will be at the forefront in collegiate athletics and talk about how Fordham university might be um, implementing those trends and what opportunities might be there for someone looking to get into collegiate athletics. Sure. Sure. I, I think, um, 
you know, I, I think trends are, are great, a great, a great question, a great point, especially in kind of where we are in terms of findings and learnings of naturally of, of, of the athletics business that we're in. And we are in a business. I, I know sometimes that's a frowned upon word in higher education or in academia, Daryl is like, well, the amateurism piece of it, but you know, when, when coaches are being paid, you know, obviously the, the dollars they are, and you saw that in college football here the last couple of weeks with Brian Kelly and Lincoln Riley. And um, yeah, I think we've seen that through the pandemic where, you know, last year we didn't really have a lot, some college athletics in this fall semester a year ago, but college football found its way through and so did college basketball. Right. And, and that's the truth of where that business piece is, 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 is a part of our worlds, our lives. Well, well, so that's, well, well please, let's don't forget women's basketball. The, uh, you know, Don Stanley side as well. Uh, no, 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 a thousand percent. And, and, and to your point, you know, men's and women's hoops and football being those premier sports. And yeah, Don, Don, Don got a wonderful contract and well-deserving of that. And those sports, you know, men's, women's hoops and, and football, those we really showed of during this pandemic, how we almost couldn't do without or the NCAA couldn't do without. Right, Daryl, in terms of our, our, our governing body of this part. And that's a whole nother conversation. Then, of course, NIL. But I think the trends are essential in that you need to continue to become that well-rounded individual that is understanding, of course, recruiting trends, which continues to tra- continues to change every day, right? And the portal has added a whole nother element of re-recruiting your team every year. Um, the ability to, to have a lot of the characteristics we talked about in terms of a leader that could stand in front of different groups, would that be internally on campus or externally in terms of audiences for both, right? Those women's, that women's basketball coach or that football coach. And the ability to to communicate and truly have relationships. I, I, I think that's essential. Whether, whether you're, you're with your student athletes, um, with parents, um, with obviously, you know, the ability to, to, to go out there and your staff, because whether the issues are social, Daryl, whether they're political, whether they're financial, whether they're, you know, the ability to to just assist the student athlete during the challenges of mental health, which, which are so huge today and continue to grow every day in terms of the restrictions and the, and the, the issues that our student athletes are, are dealing with. Um, they are, they are almost, they, they, they carry a full-time workload on a daily basis. How are we supporting them? That's, that's, that's maintaining their happiness. That's maintaining their comfort, their comfort within your culture and environment. That's helping them maintain, you know, their role of keeping the rest of the team happy in a, in a healthy environment and culture. So the coaches today are wearing many hats and, and their need to take on these additional responsibilities continue to grow. And let's be honest, they're spending more time, you know this from coaching, they're spending more time with these young people than parents and family members are. I'm quick to remind our university, they're spending way more time with student athletes than any faculty or professor are. Um, you know, that relationship of coach to player, coach to student athlete, is so deep, so strong. And I think, you know, for coaches, I, you know, I don't want to speak for all of them, but the X and O's, the practice piece becomes the easier part of their, jo- their job and responsibility. You know, how are you able to sit down and have, have those sensitive conversations and check in with student athletes? How are you doing? How's your personal relationships? How's your family? How's, how's, um, you know, how's your mental health doing? Of course, your academic piece, which is always part of the responsibility, 
But you know, how are you handling the, the, the craziness of COVID and, and the stresses that come along with that? How are you handling the social and political pieces? Do you feel like we're doing a good job of addressing that with the team or you know, team? So so it it continues to grow and the magnitude. I can't I can't speak enough about that. That I think the three hours of practice is probably the best part of the day for a coach because when they go back to their office, they're dealing with so much more. And you you and I already talked about fundraising. You and I talked already talked about events and getting out there and media and promoting the program. But the the ability to provide that st- that stability, that support for the student athlete, that true relationship, whether you want to look at that as a, a peer-to-peer, you want to look at that as a, as a coach, a, co- a coach, a student athlete, or a, a parent to child, however you want to phrase it, the pressures are that much more heavy that you need to have those communicative skills, those relationship building skills internally as much as it is externally today. Well, I think a lot of times what happens with Coach Ed is they don't understand the difference between communication and having a connection. You know, you can communicate with someone and not have a connection, then it's not going to be effective communication, you know, as well. And often when I do speak in front of coaches or even groups, it's important to establish that connection because um, communication and not having a connection can be very um, detrimental to you um, in the long run. But my last question is, I do this with every guest. It's called word association. And <laughs> last time, uh, one of the the last athletic director mentioned um, particularly about word association. He saw a Richard Price skit on <laughs> Richard Price show about word association. He thought it was hilarious. And some of the viewers probably don't know who Richard Pryor was, but if they do, they can actually actually look it up as well. But I always do word association, and you can just give me the first thing that comes to mind as well. And it's not going to be hard. I'm sure there's going to be something that you're going to talk to you about. Fordham University. um, Historic, proud, um, New York City. (laughs) Where's Brooklyn at? Brooklyn. <laughs> um, I, you're probably looking for one word answers, but what I love about the Brooklyn comment is I think the Bronx has that opportunity, Daryl. I think the Bronx gets lost in the five boroughs where Brooklyn is this cool, trendy thing. Now I know it, you know, from Greenpoint, Brooklyn, and now it's the, this, this cool hip place to be. I, I love the way I love the Fordham brand building. I feel that way about the Bronx when I hear about Brooklyn. Good, good answer, Ed. Good political answer. I love that as well. <laughs> as well, family. The core of every decision process. And finally, collegiate athletics. To your point, forever changing and trends. Um, we need to embrace it and be honest about it, and stop trying to pretend. Hey, we're still maintaining the good traditional amateurism values. Let's just be honest about what it is in the business it is, because that'll allow us to find the solutions a lot quicker, Daryl. Um, because it lets us be honest about its involvement, its change. Let's empower the student athletes the way we are. We'll continue to pay um, our coaches, to your point, whether it's Dawn Staley or Brian Kelly, Kelly, the dollars we are. But let's be honest about balancing the strengths and weaknesses of what it means for the institution academically, as well as athletically, and let's just let's be honest so that we can continue to move forward to find the proper solutions and planning. Well, Ed, thank you for joining me. I often say in collegiate athletics when I was there, 
if we don't take care of these student athletes, we will not have a job. So they're they're so vital to collegiate athletics and the important piece of collegiate athletics, believe it or not. Um, I love that, Daryl. And, and they're also the true leaders. There's a reason why everybody loves to hire a student athlete in whatever industry or business because they come out not only competitively, but they already have the work ethic. They already have the structure. They already have the discipline. Student athletes are the true leaders, and, and that's why they're so attractive, and we can't lose sight of that, too, even besides professional sports. Well, Mr. Cole, Edward Cole, Director of Athletics, Fordham University, thank you for joining me this afternoon, taking time out your busy schedule. Um, and I want to thank the viewers and listeners for tuning in today. Join me next Friday where I have another terrific leader in the collegiate sports industry. Until then, please stay healthy, stay safe. God bless.